Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay. This is Fifth Admission. This past weekend, I took a hike in the Oakland Hills. I do that a lot. But this time, I really took the time to observe the land around me. It was green just a few months ago and a favorite escape of mine during the pandemic. Now, it's burnt to a yellow hay. For California residents, it's a site that's sadly familiar. At the moment, conditions across the state remain at record highs, and just this week, officials announced that the Bay Area's most populous county, Santa Clara, will likely face mandatory water restrictions. Today, Chronicle Climate reporter Curtis Alexander joins me to talk about the latest drought conditions and what it means for us in the Bay Area. Later, I'll speak to Chronicle Food reporter Tara Duggan, who says California's agricultural sector is likely to experience the biggest impact of the state's record-breaking drought. We'll also hear from Byron Palmer, who manages cattle and grasslands in Sonoma County, and the drastic measures he's had to take since ponds and streams have dried up. So, Curtis, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor, most of California is now classified as being in extreme or exceptional drought. What exactly does that mean for Bay Area residents and our water use? Yeah, you're right. The drought monitor numbers are pretty startling. I think 75% of California was considered to be in extreme or exceptional drought, which are the worst two categories. And most of the Bay Area is in those categories. Fortunately, for folks in the Bay Area, most of our water is not coming from local sources. It's coming from far away outside the region up in the Sierra Nevada. And um, there's a lot of water generally in snow up there. Um, it is dried now up there as well, but most of the big suppliers that import the water have several reservoirs up on the rivers up there. So they can hold two, three, four years worth of water. So when it comes to trying to weather a one or two year drought, they can get by where the problems are gonna be are the smaller water districts in the Bay Area that don't have the storage. They don't have tie-ins to the Sierra Nevada supplies and they rely uh, on local water sources like the Marin Municipal Water District, which gets all its water, most of its water from rainfall to fill the reservoirs on the backside of Mount Tam. And um, those reservoirs are running low. They're now under 50% full and uh, the Marin County Water District has had to implement restrictions as a result. So it sounds like a majority of the Bay Area might not have to worry about their taps running dry anytime soon. But for these communities that you have listed that are facing water restrictions, what exactly would that look like for them? Marin uh, has basically hoped to get a 20 percent reduction in their overall water use by putting in place outdoor water restrictions. They've told people not to wash their cars or water their driveways or, you know, hose down their driveways or power wash their houses or fill ornamental water fountains. And um, they're making people water their lawns or landscapes on certain days of the week. A lot of the water use, I think 50% or more, residentially speaking, comes from 
outdoor watering. So you can really get big savings by putting in place these restrictions. Other water agencies have told people, hey, you got to cut 10% or 15%, and they've allowed households to figure out how to get to that target. And, you know, we've been hearing about a drought, you know, as a California resident, it's very familiar to us. So how does what we're facing right now compare to what we've faced in the past? Yeah, like you said, California has a really variable climate, one of the most variable on the continent. We get really, really wet years and we get really, really dry years. And sometimes we get multiple dry years and multiple wet years. Um, Looking at this past year, depending on how you look at rainfall and where, it's been the third, fourth or fifth driest year. When you look at the past two years, it gets even worse. We're talking about the second driest two-year period in California's modern history. The only time it was drier was 1976-77 during the drought of the late 70s, which was pretty intense. Right. And many of us remember sort of the statewide restrictions that were in place during our last drought, which happened from 2012 to 2016. What is Governor Gavin Newsom saying about statewide restrictions, if there are any? Yeah, so far, Governor Gavin Newsom has acknowledged the drought, and he's basically declared a drought emergency in 41 counties, which is most of the state. Um, What a drought emergency is varies from drought to drought. What Governor Jerry Brown did, which is different from Newsom, is order urban water use to be cut back 25%. The water agencies that consume the most water had to have their residents cut back as much as 36%, which is a lot of water. Governor Gavin Newsom has said basically that he wants to leave it to water agencies to determine independently whether they have enough water and whether they need to implement restrictions. One other thing, one other good thing on Newsom's side, or at least the current situation, is that after the last drought, a lot of our conservation habits have stuck. We've also installed low water use appliances like more efficient toilets and dishwashers and have low flow shower heads. So all of that amounted to um, right now we're um, about 16 percent. We're using 16 percent less water than we were going into the last drought. So that really helps, too. Mm -hmm. So people who might be listening to this might think, okay, so our major water suppliers think a lot of us will be able to get by without shortages. But Conservation is still really important. And, you know, how can Bay Area residents help with that effort? And why is that still important, even though our suppliers think we'll be all right? Yeah, and I don't want to dismiss the problems that urban water suppliers are going to have. Smaller communities, mostly outside the Bay Area, in rural areas, um, don't have the good water sources that a lot of Bay Area agencies have. Um, You're also going to see a lot of a lot of parts of the state that rely on groundwater suffering. Um, as we know from the last drought, when surface water supplies were low, people turned to underground reserves and people started pumping and they drained the aquifers. And and um, finally, and I know you're going to talk about this later, but um, farmers use every drop of water they can get. So even a small reduction and the reductions this year are not small is going to mean um, less food production and uh the environment is probably the biggest loser. Rivers dry up. The watershed that these rivers nourish aren't in great shape. You see salmon runs struggling. Um, you see waterfowl hurting, uh, beavers, muskrats, any 
animal that relies on a river and that goes way up the food chain to uh, killer whales, they're all going to hurt. And um, finally, I'll just say a lot of people in California like to go swimming or they like to raft the whitewater on the great rivers. And um, they're just not going to be able to do that this year. So um, even though uh, a lot of urban water agencies have water in reserve, a lot of that water is coming at the expense of these other things, including wildlife and, uh, and the people who like to use the rivers. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to feel a little bit helpless after hearing the kind of domino effect on the environment that the drought can have. Is there any sort of parting advice that you would give to listeners about the things that we can do as Bay Area residents to play our part in addressing this issue? Yeah, I would just say be cognizant of where your water is coming from and uh, what the implications are for 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 taking water. Um, it does have an effect, in this case, upstream. So um, just try to use as little water as you can. And um, let's all hope that this coming winter is wet. I hope so, too. Thank you so much, Curtis, for giving us this important update. And I'm sure it's a story that you'll continue to follow for us. And hopefully we'll chat with you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Tara Duggan's latest story on sfchronicle.com follows how the drought has impacted the work of farmers and ranchers and what that means for the food we consume. Tara, we just heard from Curtis about how the drought is affecting the larger Bay Area community, and he alluded to what your reporting revealed, which is that the state's agricultural sector is going to be hit hardest by the drought. Why is that the case? Well, a lot of cities have backup res- or have reservoirs they can rely on during drought that are still doing okay, and, and they get a lot of their water from various sources. But many of the farmers that especially in the Central Valley, rely on state and federal water projects. And those are really cut back this year for a lot of farmers. And there just isn't a lot of other water around for them to to get access to. Got it. And also, they're going to feel the brunt of having to change their work quite a bit because of the drought, and that might impact their industry as a whole? Because of the uncertainty around the drought, some farmers, for example, a a farmer I talked to in Sonoma, who's one of the biggest or the biggest vegetable farmer in Sonoma County, he didn't know how much water he was going to get early in the season. So he held back planting a lot of his normal crops. He ended up only doing about 10% of his normal production this year, partly because of the lack of water, but also because of the uncertainty. Um, Also, Farmers have higher costs this year. There ha- some of them are having to buy water. Some are having extra labor just to kind of stay on top of what's going on. So there's just a lot of the things happening that are impacting their bottom line. So how does this affect the, the crops that these farms grow? And what does that all mean for us as consumers of these foods? The effects won't necessarily be seen right away. Um, drought um, can increase grocery store costs uh, because of the the, the smaller um, production. And that it's also, I mean, California produces about a quarter of the food in the country, but we also, in California, we buy food from other places like from Mexico. Mexico is also in a drought right now. So, you know, it's 
the overall impact could be higher prices because of, uh, you know, more demand and lower supply. But I think in the longer term, you know, farmers are already struggling with so many issues and we're seeing the aging out of our farmers across the country. So anytime these kind of things happen, it might mean fewer farmers um, staying in the business. And so then for those of us who like to buy, you know, locally grown food, we might not see as much of that in the long term. So that there's some some long term effects we might see as well. Tara, one of the people that you followed in your story is Byron Palmer, who is the head of the Sonoma Mountain Institute. It's a nonprofit that manages grass fed cattle on Sonoma County ranches. Let's hear from him now on what the drought experience has been like for him. My name is Byron Palmer, and I am the uh, grassland and prescribed herbivory manager for Sonoma Mountain Institute. My main job is basically restoring ecosystem functions. I spent a lot of time on ranches. My, my whole life is intertwined in the, in the natural landscape every single day. It's fairly bleak, and it's not this moment in June that's bleak. It's been bleak since last year. At last year, we got maybe 60% of annual rainfall. So we stepped into uh, 2021 in a very bad place. And everybody that is responsible for managing land and managing animals on the land knew that. And we were talking about it, and it was an active concern of everyone. As the as the season has progressed and as the as the seasons have turned here, uh, it has you know our fears have been 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 proven right right we're at a thirty to forty percent normal uh, rainfall year and that on the back of a previously bad rainfall year has proven to be pretty catastrophic on the landscape but the ponds are low the creeks are dry and the animals in a large part need to leave our job has changed because we're spending in an ordinate amount of time, making sure that our water systems are functioning well um, and that the animals have water. It's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to express how stressful it is to be constantly making sure your animals have enough water. And at any given point, uh, you know, that, that can change and, and no one sends you a text message. You have to be out in physical space on in large spaces and verify that that's happening. One of the things that I say to people when they ask, you know, they say, what's the experience of a drought like? You know, being managing land in a drought is kind of like running out of air in your house and you don't know until you run out of air in that area. So you might be sitting on your couch and all of a sudden you realize there is no air left in the front room and there's not going to be any air left in the front room until the end of the year, maybe. And so, hey, everyone, just so you know, you can come in my house, but don't go to the front room or you could die of asphyxiation. And it just starts doing that in the house. You're bedroom might lose air, the kitchen might lose air. And then all of a sudden you've got like 10% of your house that you can actually go on without dying. Uh, and that's kind of what it's like managing a ranch is, you know, losing air all over the place, um, in real time. And you don't know until you're out. And it's, it's a, it's a very stressful event for the people that are, that are managing through it. Tara, that's a really startling comparison that Byron just made that running out of water as a farmer or a rancher is like running out of oxygen in your own home. There's obviously so much anxiety and uncertainty in the industry. What else have you heard from the people you spoke to in your story? There's a lot of frustration because there's just really no emergency water, whereas in the past people could pump groundwater, which is, you know, water that's in aquifers under the ground. The state has, since the last drought, they've limited how much farmers can do that. So that's not a, really as much of a backup option as it was. In the past, people could 
buy water from other firms that weren't using their water. Um, and there's less of that happening this year. Um, there just isn't as much to go around. And, the, and people are saying that this drought is worse than anything they've seen since the 70s. So it is on a different level of magnitude as far as they can tell so far. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, I mean, does this year feel unique? Do you think the challenges facing farmers specifically is different than the challenges we face in the past? Of course, the state has faced a drought before. Well, one difference with what's going on now is some farmers have learned a lot from the last drought. So for example, I spoke to an almond grower in outside Modesto. She and her brother farm almonds. It's something their father started. And Basically, she worked with a researcher at the University of Oregon to learn how to conserve water during the last drought because they just had to. And they learned how to water on a very basically stingy level. So they would just water at the bare minimum. Um, They use micro sprinklers to reduce the amount of water. And she's planted cover crops, and she also has learned to conserve water. One of the places where she grows, she can save up water and get credit when there is a drought and get more water that year. So there are things people are doing to try to adjust for sure, and farmers are doing everything. A lot of farmers are doing what they can to reduce their water usage because they've gotten conditioned from the last drought. Maybe it's not exactly the brightest note to end on, but it seems like the drought has demanded many of us to change our habits, and hopefully that moves us in the right direction of conservation in the long run. Tara, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Thanks so much. It was great to be here. To read more of Tara's reporting on how the drought has impacted farmers, you can find her story now on sfchronicle.com. Thanks to my guests for joining me, Chronicle reporters Tara Duggan and Curtis Alexander, as well as Byron Palmer of the Sonoma Mountain Institute. Special thanks, as always, to King Kaufman for his help on today's episode and to all of you for listening.